How's it going, everyone? It's been a while. It's been very. It's been a very long time. It's been a long two weeks, but yes, we have returned. Club Footy Chat, Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Agassi Brown, and today I have John Tingley on on the line with me. What's up, bro? How we doing? How we doing? How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for finally coming on. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. And also later on, we're gonna have Farhan Zubilade calling in. Uh, he's back from his exile after messing up his uh, Peru prediction. But that's but we're we're past the uh, stage. We do apologize for taking so long. It's been a long two weeks, but it is, it is for a good reason. We have been enjoying the tournament. Um, a lot of great matches, a lot of group matches. Probably even one of the best World Cups we've seen in our short-lived uh, experience. JT. Absolutely, man. I cannot, I can't disagree with you on that. I mean, um, you know, since, you know, I haven't really watched too many World Cups, being that we're only about 22. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the most exciting one that, that I've seen, for sure. Um, you know, just some of the goals we've, we've seen already, and it's only, you know, we're only getting started, only halfway through, so much more to come. Any games so far that kind of stood out to you, like, that been even, like, damn, like, this that was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Like <laughs> after watching him. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously the obvious game um, that you know we saw early on. You know, Mexico beating Germany. Oh, yes. um, you know, Russia stomping of Saudi Arabia the first day. Like that. That was crazy. That was a great um, opening. <laughs> yeah, at, you know the Portugal Spain game. Obviously, another great one to see Ronaldo really pop off with that hat trick and you know that incredible free kick at the end there. Um, you know, just, just all, all around. I mean, you know, all these games are so tight and, you know, literally that's, that's what's great about it. Cause you know, people come in with their hearts on the line and, and you don't know what's going to happen. Even though, you know, you think, you know, the better team on paper, you know, it doesn't work that way on the pitch. Exactly. One usually thing about like kind of how it works, like kind of traditional sense is like, for example, the first round of group matches are kind of like, like meh, kind of like everyone's kind of on edge. So it's like a lot of draws. Because, like, you're just kind of right. you're kind of getting off, getting nerves out. The second games are more competitive. And then the third games, like the ones we just saw this week, are probably the most, like, uh, high-intensity, high, like, a lot. Everything's on the line. Obviously, except for the right. few like we saw today, which is kind of disappointing. England-Belgium. Um, I don't know how you – and also the Japan-Poland game, which was, like, ridiculous to see. I don't know. Those, mm-hmm. those are some games that, for example, like, didn't kind of live up to the hype. But the rest of the games right. have been just mental. Oh, dude. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the Japan and Poland game. Uh, you didn't miss much. I, you did not miss much. Yeah. Yeah, I see a 1-0 scoreline. So, I mean, not much to see there. But, yeah. the, you know, the Belgium-England game, um, like you said, it, you know, it wasn't too exciting. But you, you kind of have to expect that when the likes of Harry Kane and, and Lukaku and Hazard aren't, aren't starting. So, I mean, hopefully going forward, we'll, we'll get the best you know, competition out on the field now that we're moving into the knockout stage. One really different thing about, like, this World Cup in general has been the introduction of VAR, the video assistant referee. Um, I'm not going to – I was kind of thinking about today. It's like, like, how did – like, this is, such, this is such such a great introduction, and it's been so helpful, so useful. Um, mm-hmm. Why, like – I don't know, where, where were we before this? Like, how did we make decisions before this? I always ask myself, I kind of started to ask myself. But 
Right. What do you like? What do you think about like how great do you think how great do you think they they've been through this World Cup? I mean, I, honestly, at this at this stage of you know just technology and and sports, you know, looking at other sports, I think it's it's just something that that needs to be there. I mean, obviously, you know, the true the true soccer fans can you know aren't a little are a little hesitant to do it because you know at the end of the day it should just be the rest call. You know, their argument it should be the rest call whatever he sees right. on the field at the time is the way it should go. But I mean, don't don't you want you know? I think personally, as as a player, as a as a player, and you know, an avid watcher, I think you know these are the things that that we need to advance the game because you can't you need the better team to, to win. And if if that if, if it comes down to an offside call being missed or being called when it wasn't, and you know, uh, therefore a goal not going in, or if if a ball crosses the line and you know a team doesn't get the goal, you know, I want the better team to go through. And and I think this is the best way to make sure that. The goals are, are correct. You know, the better teams are, are getting, you know, the, the plays that they deserve and, and just, you know, things are going their way and where they should be. So, personally, I'm a fan. It all really starts. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I'll be honest with you. I initially, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of it. I didn't like it. Just because, like, it, um, kind of like we said, like, the purest fans, like, this, like, those, like, me, myself, like, I was like, this is going to be turned into, like, the NFL or the NBA, where it's like, Whenever we have to make a decision, it's gonna take like five or six. It's gonna take forever just to make the decision and like disrupt the flow. Right. But that really hasn't been the case. It's very quick, very obvious. Uh, they have a good protocol. I don't know how they're gonna do this like moving forward, like maybe in the Premier League or La Liga, or even the Champions League, because it is maybe a lot more difficult to manage just because it's in. It's just like a, a lot of different logistics or whatsoever. But yeah. um, it's so far it's been success, and like you said, like it's been great. But that kind of just shows yeah. how much football has changed. But and kind of going off that, how much football has changed. The teams, um, the big, the big, the big boys of today's football at the World Cup, uh-huh. they're no longer competing. Like you've seen them, Germany is out, Argentina is struggling, France isn't doing as well. Like, right? What's been going on, dude? What do you think? I mean, and starting with Germany, I think you know we we touched on it a little bit you know, in a private conversation. Um, Germany just, they, I think they lost, you know, the hunger. I mean, like you said, you mentioned they, you know, that maybe they shouldn't bring, you know, the same, you know, the same lineups or as many of the same players that, that won it, you know, four years ago because, you know, they kind of lose that hunger. You know, they have one in the bag and it's like, you know, obviously, you're, you know, you're playing for your nation and your country, but at the end of the day, you know, you got a World Cup already. So you might lose some of that heart and that competitive edge that, you know, a player that, that's working hard on, on his team at first club, you know, trying to make it to the country squad will have if he, if he were to play in, in these tournaments. So I think on Germany's end, you know, that's, that's really where the, where the problem lies. And I think when we look at France, I think it's more of a um, – I think they kind of – I feel like everyone piped up France, you know, before the World Cup <laughs> yeah. started. Exactly. We you know, did. They, they were looking, you know, young, they're hungry, they're fast, you know, they're, they're good on the ball. Everyone, like, you know, with the likes of Pogba, uh, Tweedy, you know, you, the list goes on and on. Like Griezmann, you can just name so many players that are, you know, superstars at their respective and clubs. So even the players I who think, are left you know, out. Maybe, 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 maybe the media got into their heads a little bit, and, you know, they think they would just steamroll through everybody, and it's, it's kind of not working out that way. So I'm excited to see if, you know, if their, if their level of play will continue to, you know, improve as, as we, uh, you know, look forward to the knockout round. But, we, you know, with, with them facing Argentina, they're going to have to bring their stuff. 
they've got a they've got a tough game. So now, uh, Argentina finished second in the group, uh, narrowly beating out beating Nigeria with a eighty six minute winner from Marcus Rojo, and um, they'll be playing France in the, in the next in the knockout round. Um, oh, we talked about this earlier too. Again, um, I really would like to see uh, Argentina win, and then Portugal also beat Uruguay. Just to see a Ronaldo, right. Messi, Rodri in the World Cup, like I don't know that right. this may never happen again. Potentially, honestly, this may never happen again. We never see them play against each other in the World Cup. Um, but looking at how good Uruguay is, or how good they've been playing, not conceding a goal, scoring scoring so many in France, do you think that matchup's going to even be possible? Um, I, I, I'm so as. I'll be a little biased here. As a fan, a lifelong fan of Messi, <laughs> I think that, that this recent win over Nigeria really rallied the squad. And I don't know if you caught the if you know if you caught the uh, the clips and the highlights of the game, you can really see Messi stepping up into that to that real captain role. You know, he's he's really kind of the coach now on on and off the field, talking to his players. You know, both beforehand during halftime and, and really just making sure that everyone's on the same page, which I think, um, you know, from the first from the first games, first, uh, you know, group stage matches, we didn't really see that. And I think, you know, they got, they got a little nervous. The wheels fell off. Um, so now I think Messi leading the team and leading the charge. I think uh, Argentina will pull through with the likes of Mascherano in that defense. Um, you know, Mark Rojo, like you said, um, unless – I mean, I mean, France will need to really come out with, with their best game, and I think they'll need to use their pace um, and their strength with, with Pogba in the middle and, uh, you know, and just, and you know, play a little better than they have. I mean, both teams haven't been the greatest, so I think we're in for a great matchup. Um, but speaking on Uruguay and Portugal, I think Uruguay's been incredible. Um, you know, without, you know, if Ronaldo doesn't play well, um, you know, Portugal won't do well, obviously, as, as we've seen in not only this tournament, but in, you know, in previous tournaments. Um, which can also be said with, you know, for the likes of Argentina. But with Suarez and Cavani now linking up and scoring goals um, the way they have been so far, I definitely think, you know, both Portugal and Argentina are definitely in for a tough matchup. And obviously, I think that's what the world needs to see is the Portugal, uh, you know, Argentina, you know, matchup in the quarterfinals. Um, because you know that, that I think that would kind of kind of put an end to the argument about who the goat is. You know, maybe possibly. <laughs> um, but you know, whatever whatever happens, you know, looking forward, you know, we're in for a great great couple more weeks of soccer. So I'm just excited to see what happens. Dude, it's been um probably one of my uh again like like I said earlier like my favorite World Cups. Um, this is kind of one special tournament because, like, it, it's a lot different from, like, maybe watching the Champions League, MLS, <laughs> uh, Premier League, everything, yeah. all those leagues, because it only happens every four years. Um, and you kind of re- – and it's, like, there's a deeper meaning to this than, like, when you're playing for, like, your club. Yeah, obviously, like, your boyhood club, you love them. You've been you've been supporting them for all these years. But your net, your country, it's just that deeper feeling of nationalism and pride you have. And you mm-hmm. see it with, like – for example, when South Korea beat Germany, they were out, but they were crying their eyes out. There was a story about uh, the Tottenham forward uh, Hon Hon Hongin Son when he so the prime minister of South Korea was actually in the locker room, and when he saw him, like he burst into tears, like he just couldn't hold him back, because after right. and this was after the second game uh, when they lost to Mexico, so when they were kind of like they weren't officially out, but they were, it was kind of dim, but like so they were kind of virtually out in a way, 
but um they uh like there's there definitely is a sense like you just want to be on the pitch longer you want to kind of take in that moment like the Peruvian fans some some of the big minnows like Peru kind of showing out what they're really made of the uh, Morocco as well Iran so for you like I guess I'm trying to ask you like so has there been like a team like that's that's kind of stuck out for you that's and that's not like a traditional Brazil Germany England kind of thing but like kind of one of the smaller teams that's that for you person you keep kind of liked or stuck out for you right um yeah so I think um, going into it, you know, it's, it's always good to see the underdogs prevail. And I, I haven't really watched much of um, Sweden's gameplay coming into you know this World Cup. Um, so I think I think Sweden and I would say Japan are probably the two teams that that have really stuck out to me as as you know kind of the underdogs because you know Sweden has played great great football so far, and you know that loss to Germany that. That still hurts me, and I'm not even Swedish. So, um, <laughs> you know, they played that game perfectly, and you know, if it wasn't for you know a wonder strike by an absolute stud of a player in Tony Cruz, like you know, I think they they escaped there with a W over you know the reigning world champs. So you can't. I think it's it's impossible not to be surprised with Sweden's um, gameplay so far. Even Switzerland with with Shakiri as well. Oh, dude, you know, yeah, that, Switzerland. Like, you can't figure that out that long ago. The 90th minute goal, or, or you know, late, late, late game goal um, heroics, and and it's just incredible because you know they show these adverts on the TV about, um, or, or you know, leading up to the games of you know people traveling you know however many miles just to come watch, and they're like, you know, in their 70s or you know, eight, like even pushing 80s, and it's like, you know, this is really what it's about. So even you know, regardless of of the talent you have on the field, as long as, you know, these fans are in the stands supporting their country, like everyone's in for a good time. And like, that's what's, that's why, uh, you know, these upsets happen the way they do, because, you know, you, you can't go into the game thinking, you know, Oh, we're playing Belgium, you know, as Japan, Oh, we're playing Belgium. You know, there's no way we could do this, but you know, that, that means nothing in this workshop because all it is is, you know, you need one attack or one, one moment to shine. And, you know, you set your nation ablaze, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing to really see. Yeah, it's definitely a sport that, like, um, especially this tournament, like, it's definitely something that does capture the attention. Like, it feels like everything else kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> so, not right. in that bad way, but it's like, um, all the eyes kind of focus in on, on this, on this moment, on this tournament, and everyone seems to kind of turn into a, po- to a soccer fan. I think I saw your tweet where you were like, um, you love. I love it how like when everyone the World Cup because everyone turns into a soccer fan for one month. Like every- everything kind of goes back to normal afterwards. Um, right. But it's something definitely very exciting and very hope. Like um, we still have like two more weeks, I believe, two three more weeks. So I, yeah. I really hope they don't. Uh, uh, I'm gonna try and enjoy, try to watch as many games as I can. Um, but also these next two weeks we're kind of entered into the bracket. So we did talk about about uh, we did talk about. Uh, Germany, Argentina, and France. Um, so it kind of, if we just split the group, it's kind of like uh, the, the the top half and the bottom half. It looks like uh, the top half has a lot of like the strong the strong boys. So like you have like Argentina, France, Uruguay, Portugal, Brazil, Mexico. Yeah. Um, am I missing one? And Japan and Belgium, right? While the other one has yeah. a lot of kind of small, so like Spain, Russia, uh, Croatia, Denmark. Sweden, Switzerland, and England, and Colombia. England was the yeah. last team to kind of take that place in the bottom half. 
Um, it's okay. So if okay, all right. Let me ask you this, right? You, I just told yeah. you both those halves, right? Top, top half, bottom half. Top half is obviously more stronger than the bottom half. But if you're on a mission to win this World Cup, which one do you really want to be in? Which one do you think is best for you? And obviously, it does depend on whatever team you are. But which, which, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I think. Oh, uh, that's tough. Yeah. Because... <laughs> All right. Let's say I... I'm England. England's a kind of a good example because they kind of lost it. They played today, lost. But like, if you're England, would you yeah. rather want to be in the top half and potentially play against Brazil? Yeah, Brazil in the quarterfinals, or would you want to, or probably, probably meet Spain in the semifinals? That's given that you beat all the teams. Uh-huh. Um, well, uh, I think I think Brazil. I think I would rather play um, Brazil, honestly, only because I feel like Spain just has so much experience. The, the lineup that's there, um, you know, they they have you know they're all experienced playing together. Um, they're all a little bit older, I would imagine, than the Brazil lineup with the, like the Neymar and um, Paulinho and Coutinho and, and all those guys. So I think that experience comes in humo- like hugely as as you progress through this, this tournament, and you know you really make sure that your passes are on, and, and you know you make the ball do the running, and then you know you can't you can't tire out. And I think I think Neymar and, and those guys, you know, they're young, and you know, but I think they'll get burned out, and I think England would have a better chance playing a Brazilian squad than they would a Spanish squad. But like. Um, we've seen Spain, like, and they're, yeah, they're a great team, but, like, you saw them against Portugal, the three-all draw, um, given the goals were kind of like, all right, you can debate some of the goals, where De Gea missed the penalty and a free kick, uh, but yeah. against Morocco was where it really kind of, like, showed that they weren't really up to, they weren't, it's not the same Spain that we really know or are familiar with, and right. I, get, um, I feel like the Brazil team has kind of progressed and advanced since... Their uh, their fall a fall from grace in twenty fourteen. Well, I think it, I think it's very easy to progress from a from that routing from Germany. Oh yeah, so anything really <laughs> anything to do. <laughs> yeah, but I think, like I said, I think as this tournament goes on, um, Spain will continue to get better and continue to obviously understand what they're playing for. So I, I'm not worried about. Uh, Spain, I think. I think I'm more worried about. I don't think. I think. I think Spain has a better chance than Brazil, personally. I, I don't know um, exactly off the top of my head who was in Brazil's group. I know it was like Serbia, Costa Rica, and uh, Costa Rica. And I think all of those. I think Spain obviously would have would have done the same thing in that group. So, I mean, I don't know how I really feel based on Brazil's performances so far, other than. Um, you know they look. You know they won, and, and they look good, and they can they can score that quick. I don't know if you saw um, Paulinho's goal. Oh yeah, I saw. The, yeah, that was kind of the other day. Chip overhead. Oh. How, how fast things can change. You know, one one ball over the top, a little flick over the goalie, and it's, and it's like that. And you know, but I think Spain can, can could have very well done the same thing. So um, I think Spain will beat Russia very very. You know, sim- not simply, but you know, it'll be a, sp- a hard fall game. But I think Spain will come out on it'll top. Like a, like a two zero um, win after the first half. What's that? Two zero win on pre- before halftime. I could see that for that game. Right. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could very, very well see that. But you know, when I see a Brazil versus Mexico, the way Mexico's been playing, like they beat Germany. So 
Um, and yeah, they lost to uh, who they just lose to Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, yeah, Sweden. 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 Like I said, underdogs playing great. Um, but I think, uh, like you mentioned, that uh, you know the the South American teams, you know, play better against South American teams. So um, I think Mexico definitely will have a fighting chance against Brazil. You know, they're young, they're hungry as well. So and, you know, they're they're going to move the ball, and it, it's going to be a good game regardless. But I think I think Mexico. Pull it out. So I think I'm gonna go with Mexico in that. I got you. All right, it's kind of like kind of uh, brings kind of to the conclusion. One team has really stuck out a lot, and kind of is a bit of an underdog in a way. Is Croatia? Um, I'm sorry. I know. I know they beat. I mean, uh, I beat your uh, your team, Argentina, but they've been really impressive with uh, Mandzukic. Uh, I could just name. I could. Just, I'll name you like six, seven players. Like Mandzukic, Luka Modric, uh, Perisic, Rakitic, Kovacic. They're all like Chic. Johan Lovren, yeah. like they've got a strong lineup, and like, what do they really Absolutely. have to lose? They they can really just go all the way, and the toughest. So they could probably meet, uh, Spain in the in the quarterfinals. Like they could they they could easily yeah. dismantle Denmark, but Spain is going to be their big their big uh, roadblock. Um, do you think the Croatians can go all the way? Especially seeing what they did to Argentina. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard to make that judgment because obviously we saw um, them just play. Who did they just play? They played uh, Iceland, yeah. Yeah, Iceland, and um, you know that that wasn't too impressive um, of a of a match for me, honestly, watching them. But I know they did make you know nine changes or whatever amount of changes they made to the starting lineup. So I'm sure going forward they'll they'll make those changes again. But um. I don't know. I think I think that um, if if a team can figure out how to shut down that midfield with you know with Rakitic and, and Modric from stopping them from playing those beautiful balls that we've all seen them you know play at Real Madrid and Barcelona, um, if, they, if a team can really shut down that midfield, then I think they're really in for a tough time because I feel like their game is very one dimensional. Um, that's not to say that you know Argentina's isn't one dimensional as well. Feed the ball to Messi or you know, but I feel like. Um, with the likes of playing Spain, I think that they're a team that can attack you from so many different angles, you know, with Diego Costa and up front and, and you know, um, just, just the players, quality players they have as well, they, they can get wide on you. So I think if the team can figure out how to shut down Croatia's midfield and take away, um, you know, those those two balls, I think Croatia kind of will have a tough time. And I think we kind of saw a glimpse of that um, versus Iceland. So, um, you know, I'm hopeful for Croatia because I would love to see them go all the way. Um, definitely, definitely a good country, and they play great, beautiful soccer. So I'm excited. You know, just that's that's all that's filling filling my you know my levels is just excitement for for every game. Yeah, um, de- and you, you don't know what's coming, so we're in for one hell of a ride. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. These last two weeks, two three weeks, it's been just. Yeah, like and like just ridiculous. Like all the results, all the goals, all the players have kind of stuck out, and all the players have disappointed, <clears throat> Mohamed Salah, um, etc. And um, it's I'm excited for it. It's gonna be a great, great matchup. Uh, yo, JT, thanks. And like you, like you said, like you said earlier, you know, as as the matches have progressed, you know, the level of competition has has increased. You know, as we become, as we get more things on the line you know, potentially going home. So now that we're in, you know, the round of 16 and moving forward, oh, yeah. um, we're going to see even more quality of play, hopefully, and, and more, you know, no room on the field, you know, hopefully, you know, as you get into the attack in third, you know, you're not going to get much room to even dribble the ball around. So you're going to, it's, it's just going to be beautiful to watch, you know. The better teams are really going to have to show out. 
Usually, this is the most exciting part of the tournament. This this is where everyone really starts to pay attention and, and will start to call out of work, just uh just to get yeah. just, just to watch that close out of work, and doesn't you know, does people at the bars at ten a.m. Yeah, like Absolutely. I think uh one that one that I forgot his name. I think John Bennett from the the Men in Blazer show on NBC was like, yeah, so it's a great lifestyle for Americans because um if you're drink if you're if you're at a bar at ten a.m. uh drinking yeah. you're an alcoholic, but hey. If the game is on, you're a football fan. Yeah. So hey, America. Yeah. <laughs> you got a reason. Hey, for all you alcoholics, uh, <laughs> yeah. anyone, you yeah. more, no one will judge you this this month. This month alone, if you're uh, watching, if you're watching a game with, with a with a Heineken or Corona right. in your hand. But JT, <laughs> um, we, you and I, we, we had a drink, maybe at Jamie's house. We'll watch it. But uh, yeah, absolutely. One question for you, sir. What's up, dude? Go How ahead. How do you feel? Uh, looking forward at the at the schedule. How do you feel about the final being at 11 a.m., you know, on, on the 15th of July, regardless of the date? How do you feel it being 11 a.m.? I feel like that's a little early. I know it's Russian yeah. time, and I'm not sure what that equates to, but... It's like, I think it's like, it's a plus seven, plus eight, because uh, I think the finals okay. in Moscow or St. Petersburg, but regardless... Uh, I mean, that's huge, though. Like, is it is it consistently seven to eight throughout the whole country? Like, it's, um, move, I think so, so usually... Whatever? I think what they do is that um, so for us on the East Coast it's eleven a.m. Yes, and the last World Cup yeah. was at three p.m. I think what they yeah. try to do is to try to keep the game, whatever city or country is in, they try to keep the game maybe at, at from six p.m. or eight p.m. in that respective right. country. So like, um, okay, I remember like South Africa because uh, I was in, I was in Ethiopia at the time, and we're we're just like only one hour behind, we're one hour ahead of them. So that game was like nine forty five PM and that was eight forty five PM uh in South Africa. And then that was like one AM I think or like one PM. Right. It was yeah. It is it's you know, it is it's just it depends on the respective country. I guess for us, like how do we adjust? Like I'll actually be in I'll be in, in uh, Las Vegas for that day. Yeah. Um so it's it's at eight AM for me. So that's already like I, I'm cool. I'm already thinking well, that's about a great like great place to watch. Yeah, I got yeah, literally, I guess eight a.m. on a on a Sunday morning, so I'm trying to figure yeah. out the logistics of how I'm going to manage that myself. But uh, yeah. it's definitely going to be a lifestyle change. Probably to wake up at. I'm definitely going to wake up and make the effort, and maybe try to get a few yeah. uh, an early breakfast and a beer, kind of thing going on yeah. with me. Um, I think you should. I think you should do the same as well. Um, yeah. But uh, it's just something you have to adjust to. The last World Cup was perfect because we were we were pretty much the same. It kind of was perfect with Brazil. This one's been a little tougher, and especially the, thank God the yeah. eight AM games are done. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, last World Cup, I uh, I was I was I was at a place that uh, a lot of people weren't really that interested, which was surprising. So I kind of watched it solo. So hopefully this year, uh, that's not the case, and I get you know a nice crowd with me to watch and you know have a good time. Yeah, we're in Philadelphia and New York City. I'm already getting like Facebook alerts and I was saying like there are a lot of open beer gardens, a lot of bars that are showing the games having watch parties. So I think right. if you should go with those kinds of big cities where there are a lot of different fans and a lot of different like culture yeah. a lot of different like demographics, like a lot more people are more interested in like my town of Williamstown of New Williamstown, New Jersey right. isn't really the biggest uh football fans, but um I feel there. But yo, JT, baby. Dude, thanks for coming on. I really do appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, it is kind of late at night for us. Um, it is past our bedtime. But uh, yeah. thanks again for coming and, and, t- and talking about games for us. 
Uh, definitely going to have you on for, for the remainder of the tournament. Yeah, absolutely, man. I uh, I look forward. You know, hopefully we can, we can do this again. Recap on uh, you know maybe when uh, the quarterfinals start or after uh, the after the quarterfinals for the semis or something. But um, yeah, probably a after. Shout out! Make, make sure everyone make sure everyone listening. You check out our club footy chat. Um, yeah. I'm sure Agazi has linked it many times on Twitter and, and Facebook and et cetera. So appreciate the listen and uh, have a good night, everybody. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks again, guys. We'll let you uh, pay attention on Twitter and on our website. We'll be putting out more podcasts throughout the whole tournament. Thanks for listening. And tomorrow is Friday. That's our actually first day off and break from the World Cup. So get a haircut. Go go back, go back to work. Maybe uh, take the family out. That's what I'm probably gonna do tomorrow, actually. Or uh, go to a house party. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, this is Club Footy Chat Power Podcast. It's your host Gazi and JT. Thanks again for listening. And all the best, guys. Have a good night. Don't be happy oh you ever want to be who you need. Thank you.